Hello and welcome to MedTech Insights Monthly Digital Health Roundup, where we discuss some of the recent highlights from the exploding digital health sector. I'm editor Reed Miller. With me today is my fellow editor Marion Webb and our UK-based journalist Barnaby Pickering. So let's start with Barnaby. Barnaby, this month you covered some of the digital health changes happening in robotic surgery. What can you tell us about that? So in June, UK-based surgical robotics company CMR Surgical signed a pretty major commercial partnership with Microsoft. The partnership named Project Silica uses recent developments in artificial intelligence and laser optics to store data on wafers made of silica glass. In doing so, CMR hopes to develop a storage method that is not only capable of storing voluminous data banks, which is gigabytes per surgery, but also capable of storing said data safely. Okay, so what does that mean for them going forward? Well, Reid, it means a number of things. Um, Firstly, this data will provide surgeons and robot makers with more insight than ever before about how the robots are used. This will allow surgeons to improve their techniques and robot makers to make serious improvements to their devices. Chief Technical Officer at CMR Surgical, Luke Hares, also discussed other potentials. He explained that it is fairly common for surgeons to make mistakes when using robots. By recording data regarding where a robot's instruments are, these mistakes can be tracked and training can be given to prevent them. All right, so this commercial agreement came shortly before a big announcement from CMR. What was that about? So the short story is that CMR Surgical completed what is described as the largest ever medtech funding round raising $600 million through SoftBank and other investors. CMR's CEO, Per Vergard Nerseth, explained how the money will be used to globalize CMR's operations, whilst establishing a full team in the US and further developing its Versius robotic surgery platform. All right, well, thank you for that update, Barnaby. That is a big development for both health data infrastructure and for robotic surgery, and that is a company we are gonna continue to cover. So let's switch over to Marion. Now, Marion, one of the things you did this month was you talked to the CEO of Quanta Technologies, and they recently raised a significant amount of funding to help accelerate their portable hemodialysis business. What can you tell us about Quanta? Yes. So UK-based Quanta Technologies raised $245 million in a Series D round of financing, which, as CEO John Milet put it, will help turbocharge its business. The company has developed a really innovative portable hemodialysis system that is already marketed in Europe and six months ago also received FDA 510K clearance. Okay, so what's that funding going to allow the company to do that it couldn't do without it? So the CEO told me that the proceeds will be used to ramp up UK and European commercialization efforts and also help to bring the device into acute and chronic care for facility in the U.S., for which it is cleared now, John Milet sees a huge opportunity for the home market, for which the system is not yet approved in the U.S., but the company will start a home study later this year with hopes to garner FDA clearance for at-home use of the system by 2023 as well. Okay, so what makes their system different from the conventional systems? So unlike the conventional bulky and complex systems, Qantas SC Plus system is small enough to fit on a cart or tabletop and requires less than six hours of training compared to 24 to 48 hours to learn how to use a conventional system. Also, it has a companion water purification module that works with the SC Plus as an all-in-one mobile stack, which allows for dialysis treatments to be delivered at home or other settings with a standard water supply. 
So the company has high hopes to become a leader in the growing dialysis market, which is projected to exceed $12 billion in the U.S. alone, as more and more dialysis treatments are shifting to the home setting. Well, that's interesting. So, yeah, thanks for that overview of Quanta. Um, That's definitely a company we're going to keep an eye on. So over to you now, Reid. You've also been tracking some of the financing and M&A activity in this space. And you recently interviewed the CEO of Pair Therapeutics, which has gone public to support the development of its prescription digital therapeutics. What can you tell us about that? So Pair Therapeutics announced plans to become a publicly traded company via a merger with a special purpose acquisition company, SPACs called Thimblepoint Acquisition Corp. And obviously, we've been seeing a lot of SPACs in medtech and life sciences lately. And that deal is going to yield about $400 million to help Pair. I talked to Pair CEO and co-founder Corey McCann, and he explained his company's strategy for pioneering this new product called a prescription digital therapeutic. The company plans to use its new funds to support a wide product pipeline and rapidly expand its commercial operations. Pair expects to earn just $4 million in revenue this year, but that's going to grow to $125 million by 2023, according to their projections. So far, Pair has commercialized FDA-cleared prescription digital therapeutics for substance abuse disorder, uh, specifically one for opiate use disorder, one for chronic insomnia, and they have 14 more on their list that are in development, but during their presentation, they said that they expect eventually they'll have more than 100 of these. And what exactly is a prescription digital therapeutic? That's a great question. So part of it is in the name. These are not just apps that anyone can download from Apple's App Store. They are prescribed by physicians and cleared by the FDA to be part of a clinical behavioral health program. So far, the ones they've made are focused on substance abuse and sleep disorders, you know, behavioral health issues, but they expect to get into some other areas like neurological conditions, for example, treating pain, um, and they might even get into helping people who have chronic cardiovascular disease. And that will mean integrating their programs with some remote sensors and some other technologies They also expect to design therapeutics to help people navigate specific drug regimens for specific kinds of diseases. McCann called those drug software combinations. He explained that the company is always looking to find any opportunity with a high probability of technical and clinical success that is also a large commercial opportunity because it addresses a unmet clinical need. So those are the um, things they look for when thinking about should we make a new product for this condition. So I expect that line of therapeutics will grow rapidly because there's a lot of diseases in those categories. Thanks for that, Reid. So there's also been some movement in Congress on coverage for telehealth technology. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so our colleague, Danny Al-Farouk, has been covering the progress of the 21st Century Cures Act, also called Cures 2.0, which includes several provisions related to Medicaid and Medicare coverage of telehealth products and services. In particular, it includes the Telehealth Improvement for Kids Essential Services, or TIKES Act, sponsored by Lisa Blunt, Rochester from Delaware, and Michael Burgess from Texas. Their provision would require the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, to develop guidance and strategies to help states effectively integrate telehealth into their Medicaid program and their Children's Health Insurance Program, also known as CHIP. Cures 2.0 also includes the Telehealth Modernization Act, proposed by Earl Carter of Georgia and Rochester, and that would permanently remove Medicare's geographic and originating site restrictions that currently require a patient to live in a rural area and be physically in a doctor's office 
or clinic to use telehealth services. It would also allow the secretary of HHS to permanently expand the types of healthcare provided that can be offered via telehealth services and the types of services that can be reimbursed under Medicare. There's also been some progress specifically related to diabetes care, right? Yeah, that's right. So Cures 2.0 was released shortly after lawmakers in the Senate and House reintroduced the Prevent Diabetes Act, and that would direct CMS to pay for virtual treatments through the Medicare Diabetes Prevention Program, MDPP. Under the Act, a virtual diabetes prevention programs recognized by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, would be allowed to look for reimbursement from CMS under the MDPP. Through the bill, broadly seeks reimbursement to treat diabetics 65 years and older virtually. In effect, it could become the starting point for a huge boon for telehealth companies. And of course, they have seen uh, exponential growth in investment over the past few years, especially during the pandemic. Thanks for that update, Reid. Obviously, CMS will have to catch up with all of these new technologies, which are expanding widely because of the pandemic. You can read all of these stories and a lot more at medtechinsight.com. We have a digital health roundup summarizing all of the digital health news from June, including the latest from Rock Health on venture funding in digital health, a review on some of the clinical trial data presented at the American Diabetes Association meeting, an update on legislation in Congress to support telehealth for Medicaid and Medicare beneficiaries, and a lot more. You can find our regular digital health updates, our weekly device podcast, and all other podcasts produced by Informa Pharma Intelligence on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, and also now on Spotify Podcasts. And we are smart speakers if one of these platforms has been set up as your default podcast provider. You can follow us on Twitter at medtech underscore insight. I'm medtech Marion, that's spelled M-A-R-I-O-N. And Reed is at medtech Reed with two E's. Barnaby is medtech Barney, B-A-R-N-Y. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. 